This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, Harbor family. My name is Juan. It's an honor to join you this morning or this afternoon, if you're in a car, whatever it is. We're just so glad that you're here. I have just a short message for us today, but before we get rolling, I just want to say a special good morning to all of our Harbor Mamas in the room. Today's Mother's Day. We just want to say we love you so much. We would not be here without you and everything that you do. We are so thankful for who you are. I think about my mom. I think about how strong she is. She, I just want to, I just want to say this, guys. She is the strongest woman I have ever known in my life. She has beaten cancer twice now. And the most recent one was, was just a year ago, a little less than a year ago. But she is the strongest woman I've ever met. I have a close relationship with my mother and I'm very thankful for her and we just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the mamas in the room. We love you. We're so glad you're here. Everybody just give her a hug. Come on. If there's a mom in your room, give her a hug. Say thank you. All right, guys, let's get rolling. Today, I'm, I'm very excited to share with you guys just uh, a topic that's really, really close to my heart. I love love. And if you know me, you know, I love the local church. I love the local church more than honestly a lot of things, but there's one thing in particular about the local church that I love more than anything. And it's what we're going to be discussing today. And that's the word serving. I love, love what serving does to the body of Christ. I love what, what serving does to really connect with the heart of the father. And we're going to get into that because how many of you guys know that Gosh, the, the, the entire Bible is just a story of how much Jesus serves us. We're going to get into that when we jump into Mark. Ah, oh, I got to slow down because I'm already getting overheated talking about serving. But it's something that's very dear to my heart. It's something that has really come in very important times in my life. And while serving, I have found the greatest friends and the greatest community I've ever known. And I'm very thankful for it. So let's dive right on in. The, the title of my message for today, we're going to go about 20 minutes today, is called Leading is Serving is Loving. We're in the series called Loving People. And I want to discuss how serving really does accomplish the loving part. We're going to have three sections for today. We're going to have one called Leading, Serving, and Loving. We're going to be in the Old Testament in First and Second Samuel. We're going to jump over to the New Testament. We're going to jump around in Mark and in John. So let's get started. This first section is leading, and it's actually the shortest section I have. And can we just pause for a second? How many times have you heard the word leading, leadership, leader, lead that, lead book, leader podcast? We hear it all the time. It's something that we are so inundated with all the time. But for what I'm going to share about today, it's actually the shortest, littlest section. It's just one passage. I'm going to say it this way. I think that's how leadership should be. Leading is just the, maybe the last 10% of it. We're going to be diving in, and we're going to be looking at someone who's very, very important. We're going to be looking at David's life. Now, we're going to start off in 2 Samuel 5, 1 through 5. This is an incredibly important time in David's life, uh, as you'll see. How about I read it, uh, and then I'll talk about it a little bit. Again, this is 2 Samuel 5, 1 through 5. Then all of the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. 
In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, you shall be shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old. That's insane. He was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. Um, the rest of 2 Samuel, and especially this, this portion right here, uh, goes on to really talk about the successes of King David. Now, it's kind of not fair to start with this passage, right? Because when we think about David's life, this is a huge moment. He had waited his entire life, and we're going to see what that looked like at the beginning. But but this is a moment that's very, it's a pinnacle moment in his life. And, and how many of you guys know that, that this really looks like God's promises? And to, to kind of relate it more to our lives, let's call something like this the promises of the Lord or those God dreams that we have, right? So everybody in this room, wherever you are, I know for a fact that God has given you a dream, a passion, something that you are, are burning on the inside to accomplish. It's love for people. It's, it's doing something. It's leading. It's starting. It's entrepreneurial. Everyone has it. Everyone. And when we have those God dreams, it, it, it really looks like this. When we wake up in the middle of the night, we're like, whoa, what was that? It's usually these moments, right? But when I say it's not fair to, to start here, this is kind of a victory, right? It's kind of like turning on the TV and boom, there's David in first place. And we're thinking like, that's awesome. He's, now he's the king. But how many of us know that it took a long time to get here? <laughs> and we're going to be taking a look at that. But, but what I want to point out, as I mentioned, this first section, that's it. Because leading is only the last 10%. Let's talk about the rest of the 90 We've discussed this as the promises. We've called these the promises of the Lord. For those of you that are saying right now to yourself, I don't know if I have those promises. I don't know what my God dream is yet. I want to encourage you with something. Here's, here's the, the sentence or the test that I've been using to say, is this a God dream? Is this something that the Lord has, has put into my life to execute? Is this something I need to act upon? And here's my test, and this is something that came to me um, pretty recently, and it's been a total game changer. I wrote it down so I could read it perfectly here. <laughs> here's a big test if, if this dream is a God dream. Every single God dream or promise is deeply, deeply rooted in servanthood. Every single dream that God gives us is deeply rooted in serving so if you're wondering, what is my God dream, or is this a dream that I need to be pursuing, stop for a second and think, where and how is this rooted in servanthood? Because here's what I want to do. I want to jump now over to the second section, which is serving. Remember, it's leading, is serving, is loving. Let's jump over to the second section. We just talked about a God dream, right? We talked about how do we know if it's a God dream? How do we know if this is something I need to be acting upon? And we just discussed, well, is it rooted in servanthood? At the end of the day, can you find the root of serving and loving those around you. So let's jump over to John 21, verse 15 through 17. Some of us are very familiar with this passage. It cracks me up all the time, but let's go ahead and read it. Again, this is John 21, uh, 15 through 17. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, or he said to him, yes, Lord, you, you, you know, I love you. 
He said to him, and this is Jesus talking, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus replied, then tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Now, let's freeze right there. Where else in the Bible can we think of uh, something happening three times or, or a single word being said three times? The first thing that I think about is in Isaiah. Holy, holy, holy. We know that verse in Isaiah repeats holy three times because of the magnitude of what that passage is discussing. It's the vision, it's the dream of Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. And here he says it three times. I think that's so interesting. I was wondering when I was reading that, is there a correlation between these two verses? Is serving something that is holy? Is feeding my sheep something that Jesus considers holy? Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, and feed my sheep. You see, guys, in this passage, even with the Lord, they're walking with the Lord, and he himself, Jesus is saying, if you really want to love me, if you truly want to follow me, if you know what those dreams are that I put in your heart, feed my sheep. That's why I'm telling you it's very practical. Those dreams that we have, ask yourself, where is the root of servanthood? Because that's going to get rid of all of the you know, the surface level, I must be the best leader, I must be this or that, I must have a team, it must look like this. No. <sighs> Feed my sheep is what Jesus says. So here, here's what I want to show you guys. Let, let's make this practical. We, we started off looking at David. We, in fact, we technically started off looking at King David. We're zooming in on a very important part in his life. Um which is him becoming king. But wait a minute, let's talk about where it first started. Now, we've all heard it a bajillion times, right? If you've been in the church long enough, you, hold, you know the whole anointed versus appointed thing. We're going to go before the anointing. Let, let me actually give the full story. Well, kind of, the, kind of the full story. Let me give some history. In 2 Samuel, he's, anointed, he's appointed officially king. He's actually, in, in his lifetime, the third anointing he's had so far. He's anointed as king and appointed as king officially. Now, early on in life, in First Samuel, he's very, very young, and he is one of, I believe, seven or eight brothers. Don't quote me on that. Don't roast me if I'm totally wrong, please. <laughs> but he's one of, let's say, a lot of brothers, and Jesse is their father. Now, it's a very important time because their king had just passed away, and they were looking. God had spoken to Samuel and said, go to Jesse's house because there you will find the next king. Okay, so now that we know the history, let's read this passage, okay? And I want to see, before I kind of give it away, uh, I want to see what you notice from this passage. Um, so we're going to be in 1 Samuel 16 now. So we're in 1 Samuel now, 16, 11 through 12. So we've just rewinded about maybe, let's say, I think 21 years. I think he was pretty, pretty young. Uh, and here's what it says, and this is really, really good. Uh, let's go to 11. Then Samuel said to Jesse... Are all your sons here? So Samuel's seen all of the sons of Jesse, and he's still asking, nope, none of these are it. You've got to have more. Do you have any more sons? And he said, well, there remains the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. 
that's got to be super awkward, by the way. They're just kind of hanging, and they're just kind of standing. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. He had beautiful eyes. He was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. Ah, oh, that's huge. So I kind of gave it away a little bit. In the, first, in the first section in leading, we talk about what are those promises of the Lord. In David's life, it was to be king. That was his promise. That was his God dream, to be the king. Now, we've also discussed that every single God dream is rooted deeply in servanthood. And we, we kind of rewind to even before, before Samuel anoints David as future king. But get this, what was he doing? What was he doing before Samuel came to anoint him as king? He was already leading sheep. He was already shepherding. Please tell me you're catching this, or else I will go through that camera. I'm not a liar. I will go through that camera right now. But what's the exact wording when he's officially anointed or an appointed king? It says this in uh, chapter 5, so 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 2. You shall be shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. Are you hearing this? So you're telling me that he was given a God dream to be a leader. 30 years, or I'll say 20, 20 years after he was anointed. But before he was anointed, he was already serving. He was already doing the thing that he was promised. So let me slow down. Let me take a deep breath. I'm sorry. I'm yelling at you. I don't mean it. I love you. But here's the thing. How many of us know that our God dreams are going to come later down the road? Well, let me ask you this. What can you do now to find and to serve to find the servanthood, and to serve that dream today. You see, David was anointed and appointed to be a king. And it goes on in 2 Samuel to say, a shepherd of Israel. Before he was even anointed by Samuel, he was already shepherding. He was already with the sheep. He was already accomplishing what Jesus was talking about. in John, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. And if you love me, feed my sheep. Whoa, that, that's really, really, really big to, to understand that we have the opportunity right now to have those God dreams, those promises of the Lord, and to see, Lord, where is the deep rootedness in servanthood? Once you find it, start that servanthood. Start it. What that looks like, it's absolutely personal to you into your relationship with the Lord. Whatever it is that is your dream, whatever has been given to you by the Lord, you right now have the opportunity to say, Lord, where's the root of servanthood? And how can I start that now? If you've been called into to leadership, if you've been called into entrepreneurship, where can you serve a different business? Where can you serve a local ministry? If you've been called to do local church ministry or any form of ministry, you've been called to be a father or a mother. Today's Mother's Day. If you've been called to be a father or a mother, hey, you don't have to wait to have kids. If that's a promise of the Lord, how can you serve children now? How can you serve families now? You want to be a family person. Have you served a family lately? I'm telling you guys, take a deep pause. Think about those promises that the Lord's given you and say, okay, Lord, where's the deep root in servanthood? Because ultimately, that's what's going to allow me to step into my, prophet, my promise and to love those around me. 
It's so, so big. So for, for those that, and I swear, I don't mean for this to come off strong. I love you. This is for me as well. How many of you know that preachers preach what they have recently just heard or what they need to hear more of, right? So many of you are wondering, where are the promises of the Lord? How, can I, how come I don't know what the promises are? And here's my challenge. It's a little bit of a challenge to you. Ask yourself if you're serving enough. Am I serving enough? And this is Leadership 101. If you want to lead, are you serving enough? Again, we're not talking about leadership. We're talking about servanthood. I don't know what my dreams are. I, I haven't heard clearly. Well, let me ask you, are you serving? Are you, is there any area in your life that you are serving or you're leading by example? It's just a challenge. But here's what I want to do, guys. I want to also show the greatest example of servanthood we can ever have. And that's, of course, Jesus. I, I like to think of, of Jesus as like the king of servanthood, right? He's like the leader in servanthood. And I want to read uh, some very, very important words here. Uh, we're going to go to Mark 10. I forgot to put a little sticky note by Mark 10, uh, which if you guys grew up Baptist like I did, probably have PTSD from like sword drills. Hey, we're going to get healed from it, okay? It might take a minute. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Let me go to Mark real quick, give you a second to get there as well. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 10, and what we're going to be discussing is a huge and profound game changer. And how many of you guys know that Jesus confused a lot of people, and he confused a lot of culture? This is Mark 10, 42 through 45. We're in the third section, which is officially loving. This is huge, guys. Pay attention to this chapter, or this verse in this passage. This is Mark 10, 10, 42 through 45. This is Jesus talking, so you know it's in big, bad red. Here's what he says. You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Ooh, but get this. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Oh, get this. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Are you guys hearing that? This is Jesus himself. He has all of the authority in the world to say, I am the creator. I am the one that made this. I deserve this glory, but I am on earth not to be served, but to serve. Do you know how confusing that was during this time when they're looking for, for someone to save them from the rule that they're under? And Jesus says, I'm just here to serve. Oh my gosh, I would be so offended in that moment. I'd say, Jesus, what are you talking about? I'm here to serve you, says Jesus. So here's what we need to know, guys. There's so much to learn from this passage. This little tiny Mark 10, 42 through 45. This is Jesus saying, if you've been called to leadership, great. Don't tell anyone. Serve them. I've been called, oh, here's my dream. I, I'm going to have a team. I'm going to do this. And I, now I'm a manager. That's amazing. Don't tell anyone. Don't lord it over them. Love them. Love them. So here, here's, what, here's what I want to wrap up with, guys. We've talked about three sections. And I told you the leading portion, the first section, was the shortest. It's the very last 10%. It took David 20-something years to get there. However, just like we learned in the second section, it's something that he'd been doing his entire life. What is it that we are called to? What is it that you are called to individually? What has the Lord given you that, that in Nashville when we lived there, our pastor used to say, what burns your biscuits? 
What makes you, oh, how do you steward that today by serving those around you? Very, very incredible tool called serving. Now, we just learned in the third section that leading is serving and serving is loving. And we look at Jesus that says this, if you are called to leadership, don't lord it over people. Don't go around telling people what you've done. Don't go around telling people what you're going to do one day. That's awesome. There's a time for that. But for now, don't do it more than you serve. Here's what I want to close with before I give you guys the the Harbor at Home questions. (sighs) In order to serve and in order for us to really know what it is to feed my sheep, we have to realize that first we are the sheep. For those that are wondering, well, I'm doing so much and and I I don't know what my dreams are, the very first step is actually knowing who you are and whose you are. So I want to encourage you before we dive into knowing what my God dream is and serving in the local church, before we do that, as much as I love it, the thing I love the most is intimacy with the Lord. So slow your roll, slow down, get with the Lord. Before you ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? Just say, Lord, I love you. Show me more of your glory. Show me more of your glory. And from there, I promise you, I promise you that you're going to know what those God dreams are and take it a step further. Okay, Lord, you've given me that dream. How is it rooted in servanthood? How can I begin that dream today? Very, very big. And guys, the most important thing is that Jesus is still wanting to serve us. That's insane to think about. Almost offensive, right? If we, if we know the the magnitude of his glory. And Jesus still says, I want to love you. I want to come into your home. I want to bless you. Start off there. (sighs) We've been in Mark. We've been in John, 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel. We learned about Jesus. We've learned about Simon. We've learned about uh, Samuel. And we've learned about David. So we've got a lot to cover. But here's my closing questions for you. What is your God dream? And how is it deeply rooted in servanthood? I want to hear those discussions among you. Well, hey, share what your God dream is. And maybe someone in there can either help you discover how it's, how it's deeply rooted in servanthood and how to practically serve those in your community, in the church, serve your family, which I know can be the hardest part sometimes. But ask those around you. Here is my God dream. Can you help me find the deep root in servanthood? And finally, let's get practical. Who are your examples of servant leaders? And what did you learn from them? Again, the first question is, what is your God dream and how is it deeply rooted in servanthood? And the next one, who are your examples of servant leaders and what did you learn from them? And of course, finally, who's cooking lunch? (laughs) Guys, I want to thank you. This is the end of everything we we have discussed for today. I want to say to all our moms and mamas in the room, we love you. We bless you. We are so thankful for who you are and everything that you have done, are doing, and will do in the future. We, We cannot say enough words to say thank you and that we love you. But for now, we'll send you guys off. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.